0: In Surah Al-Anbiya, Allah puts things in perspective for us when He says Allah tells us that everyone is, every soul shall pass, everyone is going to pass away and then Allah mentioned something that I uh, that I want to highlight briefly. وَنَبُلُوكُمْ بِالشَّرِّ وَالْخَيْرِ fitna, <فِتنة> Allah describes both bad things and good things as trials and tribulations. Oftentimes when we think of challenges, when we think of trials, we only think of the difficulties. Understandably so, but Allah's reminding us that even if there's something good that happens, that's also a test in itself in its own way. And on regarding both sides of the coin, Allah is telling us that, that He wants... <clears throat> that he wants to see how we're going to respond as best we can to the different ups and downs of our lives, to the different nooks and crannies that we all have to go through. Allah is reminding us that, that both of these categories are tests and trials and, and, and their tribulations included with both of them. And this connects with Surah Al-Fajr in the middle of the Surah. Allah mentions a paradigm. That some people they have this this outlook on life. Oftentimes when we think of ibtila, when we think of a calamity, when we think of some kind of difficulty, we think of the bad side of things. But in, in this ayah, very clearly Allah is saying that even if there's something good that if Allah honors someone, even that is a type of test. فَأَمَا الْإِنسَانُ مَبْتَلَاهُ رَبُّهُ So that what Allah, is, what Allah is teaching us to avoid here is having a mentality that nowadays could be called the, the prosperity gospel of Joel Osteen and, and you know others. That if you have dunya, Allah must love you and if you don't have it, then Allah must not love you. So your faith, your spirituality, your, your maqam, your status with Allah is clearly indicated by the material things that you have or that you don't have. But then you take a step back and you look at the norm for the Prophets. And you find this in the hadith of, of, uh, of Heraclius, the leader of the, the Romans at the time of the Prophet having this, this conversation, You know, almost quizzing Abu Sufyan. This is before Abu Sufyan became Muslim and he asked him a number of questions and one of the questions was, who follows him? And he mentioned the poor. Like by far you had some wealthy following him at the time but especially initially it was, it was primarily the poor and this is the norm. Going back to Prophet Nuh so from the first messenger to the last, you have this, this norm that typically speaking the majority of those who follow the truth, who follow the prophets oftentimes may not have that much. But you do have exceptions. You have Abdul Rahman ibn Awf, in terms of Sahaba, you have Sayyidina Uthman, you have from the Prophets, you have Prophet old Prophet Sulaiman, so on and so forth. So it, it's not always one or the other. When it comes to this life, Allah may give it to someone He loves and Allah, and Allah may give it to someone He hates. Think of Fir'aun. He had a whole lot of dunya, right? It was an ibtila, it was a major trial, a major test. But he showed us what not to do when in that type of situation. Basically, if you have wealth, if you have power, if you have fame, if you have influence, what not to do firaun is is you know case study number one. So going back to Surah Al-Fajr, Allah is telling us that some people, they have this mentality that if they have, then they think, my Lord has honored me because I'm so deserving of this. So there there's an unhealthy sense of entitlement. It doesn't mean that a person doesn't work hard to try to strive and وَأَحْسَن kama Allahu ilayk. Allah says that in regards to this dunya, even to go about your dunya with ihsan, to try your best in that regard and Allah will help you. But... What Allah is criticizing here is the sense of entitlement in the heart of the person. They think to themselves that that you know I'm I'm very deserving of this. And then in the next ayah, Allah mentions the opposite that Allah may Allah may restrict some wealth for this person. And then for them, this is like oh, like all of a sudden Allah must not love me anymore. But then Allah refutes this entire mentality of only looking at things from a material perspective. <laughs> right, the first two things that Allah mentions when refuting this idea, when 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 telling us, when teaching us to, to not fall into that trap of only looking at things from a material perspective, Allah criticizes this the same person, the same mentality that you don't <laughs> you don't even honor orphans. You're not even good to orphans, you're not even generous with orphans. And this is very interesting because Allah doesn't specifically say that you don't even feed the poor. That's that's implied, but what Allah is specifically saying is you don't even encourage the feeding of the poor. If you're not gonna do it yourself, that's one thing. At least encourage someone else to do it. You know, maybe you cannot do it, but if you encourage someone else, if you offer a reminder, maybe somebody else will, maybe others will. Allah is criticizing the mentality. That it's not just that they see their, their, their wealth in this way or that way. But Allah is saying in addition to that, so the sign of a hard heart, not just looking at things in that way, but also you don't even care about the orphan, you don't even care about the poor. So, so what, are, what are you really doing with your life, with your time, with your wealth? Even if you had wealth, Even when you had it, you didn't do anything to help the poor, you didn't do anything to help others. So Allah is, Allah is criticizing a certain mentality, but then we have we have ways out of that. So if Allah is criticizing one thing, then okay, let's think of the opposite and let's go in that direction. Let's try to have a more balanced understanding. These ayat remind us to connect the material with the spiritual, and the spiritual with the material. Think about it, and I'll conclude with this. Before you eat, our, our deen is comprehensive and very deep, subhanAllah, even before you eat, there's a dhikr connected with that. So it's not just my body needs this food. Before that, my soul needs this food. Bismillah the, rahmanir rahman rahim Allahumma barik lana fi ma razaqtana, wa nar bismillah. And then, so there, it's connected with something spiritual. And then even afterwards, Right? There's a dhikr for after you finish eating, there's a dhikr for after you drink milk, there, there are so many different avkar, and this, this, this embeds spirituality in our day-to-day habits, we have to do them anyways, you have to get ready anyways, you have to go to work anyways, you have to do X, Y, or Z anyways chances are there's a dhikr for that. Either a specific one, and if not a specific one, there's definitely a general one. Bismillah, before and alhamdulillah, after. We ask Allah to guide us and forgive us. We ask Allah to help us to navigate all of our trials and tribulations as best we can. And even though we try our best, we sincerely ask Allah to help us and to guide us through all the different challenges that we have. We ask Allah to turn all of our hardships into ease. We ask Allah to turn any darkness in our lives into light. We ask Allah to help us to navigate the waves of this dunya and to guide our sales and me, Rabbi Alameen, and after Alhamdulillah.